Um, Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Yana Kubal. Today, we have me a very special guest, Aaron Moon. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so excited yeah. to have somebody else in your realm come on to the show for season <laughs> three, because that is one of the things I promised that I would do in season three. Uh, awesome. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, so I'm glad that we could talk to multiple people in your uh, multiple fields. Uh, so that way, you know, we can learn a lot more. I know I learned a lot with Amy. So, you know, our conversation last time that didn't quite get recorded, but now it will. Because uh, difficulties, um, I learned a lot then, so I'm looking forward to expanding on a lot of those things today with you uh, and our audience. So thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you know Amy reaching out to you and you know you know you being able to reach out to me and we're able to get it figured out. So it's awesome. I love how all the connections bring us together, right? In this in this yeah. world of story, all of us story lovers. Yeah. It's crazy after a while because somebody the other day was like, oh, yeah, like so-and-so was talking to me about your podcast. And I'm like, oh, and then it's funny because that ought, like I had a couple authors that happened recently. Like, oh, my friend, you know, I was on your show. Like, okay. And then they're like, oh, yeah, these are my, this is my name. These are my books. Check them out. And then some of them I've like read like four or five years ago on Google, like before I had a Kindle, yeah. you know, and it's like kind of fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like kind of funny. So it's definitely yeah. a small world. Like you think everybody's writing books, you know, because you see so many <laughs> people, but it's really not that many people. No. And it's and, just our world. Like other people are living yeah. whole other lives. And this is our it's totally community. True. <laughs> it's totally true. I, I've literally, I've literally ran into three like voice actors who do audio narrations. And I don't know in the last six months, if I ran into another, like physically another writer or author. Like, so it's kind of yeah. crazy. Like, so it's still like, you know, really small. So but it was interesting. Um, yeah, where I'm at, but yeah, but anyways, I'm glad that, you know, we could get you on. This is why I do the podcast is to try and talk to different people, you know, and learn as much as I can. Um, so I'm really excited to, you know, ask these questions and share your experience with our audience today. So I'm excited to get going here. Um, and we'll go right there with that first question. What has your journey been like as a narrator, actor, VO artist, and a coach? So I've always wanted to be an actor. So my entire life, I just, I think I, I, I saw Shirley Temple, I think when I was like a little mm. kid and then I saw Annie and I was like, okay, we're locked in. Like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is Love going Annie. to be, I want to do what she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I always like music was a big part of my life, but also, um, I just always knew I wanted to be an actor or a marine biologist because, you know, like what kid doesn't want to be a marine biologist? Um, and uh, and and so I always kind of pursued it and music and uh, marine biology took a definite um, backseat after that manatee um, paper in grade three. Um, <laughs> and then, How is that manatee paper, I tell you? I mean, I love a manatee. But yeah, that yeah. was it. That was my marine biology uh, time. That was it. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so all through junior high and high school, I was either doing music, theater, or both. And mm -hmm. then I knew through all of high school that I was going to go to a theater program. Like I had my theater programs that I was going to take all kind of lined up, the options that were there. And then cool. I was doing summer theater and auditioning for schools the second I got out of high school or before I was out of high school even. Oh, no, no, no. I worked for one year between high school and college at a theater company doing everything but acting. So kind oh, of learning cool. all of the back end. 
And yeah. then and then I went to theater school for five years and I went to a conservatory program for the last three um, where there was only 12 of us in the class. And we were in school from 830 in the morning until 1030 at night, six days a week oh, wow. um, doing rehearse like our actual classes were in the daytime, but then we would have rehearsals and rehearsals for projects and things like that. So and I that was three years and it was it was just amazing. It was a ton of work and really insular, but it was you know, I, I always say like the golden gates of school it leaves you the opportunity to kind of fail, to be vulnerable, to try out all these different things before you go into the profession. And yeah. then I was I was doing theater in the summers between school, mm. Shakespeare festivals and such. That's part of how yeah. Amy and I know each other is her husband. Oh, and cool. my late, yeah, her husband and my late husband did Shakespeare together. And I met my oh. husband in a Shakespeare festival. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's how that's how I know Amy actually um, is through our spouses at the time. And uh, and so then it, it was straight basically like I met, I met my late husband, we fell in love, moved to New York City and pursued acting that whole time. And what was really interesting is about <clears throat> maybe like three years into being in New York, maybe four years into being in New York, I heard wind of a friend who also had a master's in acting, who uh, worked at a company called Recorded Books. And I was like, mm. ooh, I'm an actor. I love reading, but like a lot of people kind of think about this profession very simplistically when it's much more complicated. Um, but I started, so I actually got a job there and they wanted actors because we knew how to work with actors. We knew literature and story. We knew characterization. We knew accents so that we could work with off, uh, narrators who were doing the books who were doing the audiobook mm. narration on books but they didn't love it if we crossed over from directing and doing the post production because they knew they mm. would lose us as, oh yeah, yeah. as <laughs> the the back end cuz we're actors and so we'd want to do that and so i worked with just some of the most incredible people in this industry that really fundamentally made this industry like we're I mean, they're, they have narrated over a thousand books and, you know, Robin Miles, who's done N.K. Jemsen's books, like all of yeah, N.K. Yeah. Jemsen's books, right? Like I got to sit for four hours or six hours a day with her. So it was kind of like getting that education through osmosis and getting that education through mm -hmm. working experts, looking at experts in the field working. And that was probably like 400 books that I worked on in directing and post-production wow. for four and a half years like at least it's hard to ballpark that one um but then I started narrating and I and then I I quit all of that work and started narrating and coaching because I had worked with tons of new narrators by that point I had listened to the person who Claudia Howard who ran recorded books for a really long time was casting and really fundamental in um in books on tape and books in general at that time that were going to audio and got to listen to her coach new narrators too. So I learned so much and being a classical, classically trained actor. And I was going and doing theater gigs the whole time that I worked there as well. So I was oh, working wow. as an actor. So it was great because I got to not have so much pressure put on my theater work because I had this job that I actually really loved because it was working with story 
I got exposed yeah. to all these genres I never would have read otherwise because I, you know, would get stuck in my own little genre world and like to just read that. And it was very expansive in that way. And then, and so about 14 years ago, I started narrating. And then about 12 years ago, I started doing little workshops once in a while. And then I started coaching in earnest more often about, about a decade ago, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just because I've got that kind of funky background of theater training, which this work really takes everything that an yeah. actor can possibly do. And then working with books on the back end. So knowing how audiobooks sound in general and recorded yeah. books at the time, there was some books that were going to audio that was more kind of just like somebody reading to you. They were kind of monotone, a little bit flatter, keep the acting out of it kind of, but recorded books was all about tell the truth, tell the whole story, make sure that you are um, adhering to character voice so that I know who's speaking and it's really uh, supports the story, doesn't take away. So they were all about what audiobooks is now and has been for quite a while, which is yeah, make yeah. sure for the most part, there's always people who are going to be a bit more monotone um, and there's always going to be listeners who like that. But I would say what I hear 80 to 90% of the time is more of that really intimate, vulnerable, truthful to what the requirements of that story is, wherever it is in the book uh, performance, mm. like full me living that story and you coming along for the ride so that we're both just on that ride together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's I feel my... like it's definitely, I feel like it's definitely different, <laughs> but, um, Oh, I'm totally blanking. I think it was, um, David Eddings, whoever did his like original, um, mm. like audio, you know, like on the, like the tapes, um, yeah. like book on tape. Um, I got to say, like, I forget who the narrator was, but he was phenomenal. And then they ended yeah. up adding like a female narrator, too, who was like astounding. And yeah. the two of them just crushed it. And they did like every other eventually. Um, yeah. Kevin Hearn, he had, um, you know, a couple of people. Um, the one guy that like really was like the main character and did most of the yeah. male voices was like phenomenal. But then he got a female um, voice actor in there. They would both just and like just took it to like a whole new yeah. level. Um, well, and that's what's yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely to, different. Yeah, it's so amazing to me because like the amount of times that I'll hear back from an author who because not all authors listen to their audiobooks by the time it's an audiobook they're like dear god I don't need to listen to my book anymore <laughs> I don't need to think about that story anymore <laughs> I need a break I need a break right but then there's other authors who listen and the amount of times that I've had an author email me and say it is so bizarre to be so affected by a book I've spent years on and torn mm. apart and put back together and edited the crap out of and just like at points just wanted to never see that story again and then at other points fallen in, back in love with it and then I hear it in audio these you know ne the next year or even maybe around release and that they're like I, ca I can't believe that it's the same book because it's yeah. going through my filter and like yes I'm I'm trying to stay as as close to every, I mean, I'm 
everything that I'm trying to do is honor the text. That is my job. I gotta, I'm digging into that text. I'm doing huge amounts of literary analysis to try to make sure that I am honoring the deep work that this other artist has made. Because I'm not the artist creator. I'm like the artist auntie. <laughs> I like carry your baby for a while and make sure to see how you're parenting it. <laughs> and parent it the same way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... I really work hard at at honoring that. And at the end of the day, I can't know what you hear in your head. I can't know like every single nuance of every single sentence on what you felt when you wrote it. But if I do my work well, I will still fundamentally be honoring that book and I will catch a lot of what you were laying down. And that's the thing about art, right? It's like you paint something. And you can never know how someone's going to interpret it, no matter what your intention was yeah. in your brushstrokes. And that's the same thing as reading. Like we just with, with audio, it's different than when you give your book to somebody and they just they read it to themselves. You don't know the world they're building in their head. It may yeah. look completely different than the one that you have intended, but it is theirs and it is inspired by. So with audiobooks, I think it's the same thing. And I have my pursuit is literary analysis. So it's a bit different than if I'm reading for pleasure. I just let that story just woo, wash right over me. When I'm reading for audiobook narration, I'm meticulously trying to glean so many of the ways that like the author paints the page. And mm. like, I I love what, looking at how different authors will use space on the page to help guide oh, the reader. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. that. Like that's exciting to me. It's kind of I, maybe it's the the fan of E.E. E. Cummings in me that's like, ooh, I love how you're using the word on the page to create, make me pause, to make me draw my attention to this moment, all those different things. And yes, I just I love that part of it. I never really considered that in terms of, I don't know, I never considered that structure in terms of like the audio world. I feel like that would be really powerful. Like R.A. Salvatore does an amazing job writing narrative scenes, but like he'll do that and, you know, like one word, you know, maybe his spacing is a little different than, yeah, but like just like one word, like paragraph, and then like one word and then, you know, something else. But it's like, it, it's just like, boom, like, my friend says it, you know, um, I, I forget who did his uh, narration of the books um, for most of them. I think the guy passed away, unfortunately, um, several years ago, but um, now they have somebody else. But uh, he, he was amazing, though. Like, I remember listening to him from the library and just loving him. But like, it's like the, the his pace was so good in the book. But I yeah. love the narrator because he nailed it. I mean, it was like, boom, boom boom and then it you know like there were certain scenes that hit you it was like the nail in the coffin so to speak and you're just like yeah whoa well, and, and like, it like kind of rang you know like it's interesting yeah well and that's it's the thing that I think it happens innately I think some authors are intentional about it and yeah. I think that also it is there's something innate because you know writing is rhythmic as well and you're creating without knowing it you're actually like living a song right you're living like yeah. the rhythm of yeah, the long yeah. sentence and the rhythm of the short and then the, you know follow and and it's the only way that those things can be expressed it's kind of it's not just the words it's actually the rhythm of the words together and then how it's and so that's going to lay out on the page in a very particular way much you know it's it's poetry with a lot more words <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so 
I think actually that E Cummings reference isn't isn't that far off. That's because, a good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that is happens to be a poet who really uses space specifically. But I do yeah. think that it's it's not something maybe some authors think about, but I also just think it's like innate in the way we tell story. We take pause. We nail down each word in a sentence. Sometimes that one word sentence, one word sentence, one word sentence, like because there's no other way to say it or express it. And we just yeah, get that yeah. visual when we're reading, which is fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's interesting being a history teacher, you know, and I think of like oral, you know, people told stories orally yeah. first. So I just yeah. think it's so funny. My friend uh, wrote a very interesting article years and years ago. Um, and I remember reading it and thinking, God, this was a really good point, you know, with audio books, like first being on the rise, um, you know, and saying like, oh, it's, it was like going back to our roots or something was like yeah. the title. Uh, and that was like the main theme. And I was like, God, he's so right. And he had so many great references from, you know, oral traditions and, you know, just different stories that, you know, now we have. And it, it, it oh. was just, it was done really well, but I was like, I, it, it blew my mind. I was like, you're right. I'm like, we're like going back. His whole point was like, we're going back to the original form of storytelling, yeah. you know, just using the text to do it and technology yeah. to do the same thing that we originally started with orally. And I'm like, it, it blew my mind, you know? If so you yeah, so I think that article. has part of it. I'll have to, I'll have yeah, to track it dig it, it up and throw it in the show. <laughs> dig it up and throw it in the show notes. Cause I, or Actually, email it to me or idea. something. Cause, cause I, I would love, especially right now, as there's good. so much talk around AI, I would love, love, love oh, yep. to highlight that, that. I'm, if you ever find it. <laughs> I'm surprised that I have to get a hold of him. I'm actually surprised that I haven't seen anybody really do anything like that. Um, you know, and, and, and make that point. And it was funny because I just saw, I just think it's funny because I don't usually talk about it here, but I saw, you know, I have so many friends that are artists and, uh, you know, it's funny to see people, you know, be like, oh, why are these artists freaking out about AI? And everybody was like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people in the writing community were like, okay. And then I was like freaking out for them because I originally wanted to be an artist and uh, an illustrator. And I have a lot of deep roots with the art community. And I'm like, without their art I don't have ideas a lot of times for writing yeah. and I'll see you know a Magic the Gathering card or just something or someone's book card I'm like bam there we go and it just keeps me going I'm a visual writer I guess you could say and mm. I then now all of a sudden like people are like oh AI is like writing stories and or you people are using it to write stories I'm like that's what we're trying to tell you from the start you know so uh it's just always kind of interesting to me <laughs> but I'm like I know it's like you know going to be one of those things but I think that you made a good point there though is that like when I'm reading some of the stories that I've seen that, uh, you know, cause I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to see some examples, you know? And I, I don't know. I, I don't think that AI can meet that tempo. You know, it tries to copy what we were just talking about, you know, like that rhythm. And I just, I don't think it can because it's not human and it doesn't have the oral tradition behind it or, you know, that ability to you know like it does a lot of things with music but it doesn't necessarily create you know the best of its own music you know it just has yeah. all these different pieces just and just redoes them yeah, yeah exactly and, and that's the thing that I, you I think that's just you know you you just can't replicate like um a couple things like you can't replicate this uh subtle impulse in the moment that's a good way to we are it, body yeah. we we live within our bodies right like yep. so our yeah, brain yeah. is just a just deciphering but our body is the yep. thing that is living everything and and so in the moment 
you know, I've I prepped my book. I've done, as I said, all that lit analysis. And then I pop in the booth and my fundamental job is to get on the ride. And that means in the moment I'm on the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done my homework. But there's a point where I do actually have to throw some of that homework out so that I can live fully, vulnerably in the moment so that you get to go along with me. Otherwise, I'm just going to be telling you how I'm feeling. And that's going to feel like too much or too one note or all that. So I have to be so in my humanity in the yeah. moment. And that is that means my body is living in the moment. And um, on top of the fact that you would never, sometimes people don't realize, I think, how much subtext oh, yeah, yeah. in writing. Even yeah, when you've yeah, written yeah. a 90,000-word book, it still has subtext. Like, whether it's third-person limited POV, first-person POV, does not matter, omniscient, does not matter. There is such opportunity and moments of subtext because of the given circumstances of the larger scene or the larger quarter of the book or the larger half of the book or even the the story arc of the whole book that I know that when she says, I couldn't believe he would say something like that to me in first person POV. And then I speak to him and say, I can't believe you would say something like that to me. I don't know as a AI, I'm not going to know that I need to say that first line, I couldn't believe that he would say something like that to me. I can't believe you would say something like that to me because one is to myself and the yeah. other is to him. Or, or I could say something different to him of, I couldn't believe he would say something like that to me. So do you want to go get some milk? Is what I actually say to him, right? So that... The sub the subtext is I can't just say that I couldn't believe he would say something like that to me and just be flat about it because I'm yeah. having a moment where I'm burying emotion. And the only <laughs> what's the data set for the subtext of burying emotion within a line due to the given circumstances of the larger scene, which is he is slowly leaving me. Right. Yeah. Or like this person is slowly exiting my life. This post person is emotionally unavailable and is continuing to do so and is starting to abuse or is starting to do whatever because, you know, the books are not written about the mundane. They're written about the big stuff. And and it's yeah, like yeah. there is no way to glean that level of subtext. And that's what we feel. Yeah. And so there's no da data set that's ever going to captured that level of true nuance and yeah, I mean, every yeah, time yeah. I've listened to it it's like I listen to it for a minute it's all right and then my body actually feels sick because it's so I can tell so much that there is nothing going on there is nothing behind the veil like there is there once is I thought about nothing. a lot of the text that I've read I'm like you know because yes. again I think you, you I think you put it really well you know like I we're living within our own bodies right but you're doing that with writing too you know yeah. and yeah i think between the two you know and that's that's where like you know i don't know if i said in our private conversation last time but you know i think i did where there was like or i was just talking with a friend i'm like he's like oh he brought up this book and i'm like i'm like that original narrator because at the time i was like oh i had like an audible credit and i mm -hmm. was like oh I'll i'll do it you know and before this author switched to this narrator years ago, uh, it was the original one. Horrible. I mean, just pulled me out of the book. I just, mm -hmm. there were so many, wasn't doing anything like we just talked about. And I think it was just like a big name actor. 
you mm-hmm. know, who decided to do a book, you know, and yeah. I'm so glad that the there was another actor, though, that I would say it's an amazing job acting. And I don't want to say the actors is give away the book, but um, in yeah. the series, but just tremendous job. So once I read the first several books, now I actually go back and listen to the updated audiobooks every time because he adds so many nuances and blows my mind. Like I'll just read the book. I'll take about three weeks, four weeks, and then I'll go and listen to the audiobook. And it deepens the understanding. It deepens my level. And people go, why do you do that? Like, you know, you have a kid, you don't have time. I'm like, I, there's certain audiobooks I just don't want to take the chance, right? Where they're going to yeah. pull me out. And I almost didn't start the series over again physically, you know, reading in yeah. some way. Um, but I've had such a good luck recently with reading great books that have been, you know, and I like to study those nuances and just different things and how they do structure and, you know, what I was feeling. But then I like to then go and because I feel like a lot of times, you know, the work you guys are doing with the author, you know, you're really like, you know, checking in on those things, you know, and really getting, I think, a lot more of the time personally from what I've talked to a lot of authors with their audiobooks, more, I would say, from the words, you know, you're getting more of the clear message, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of what they were, like we were just talking about, you know. So to me, it just adds a whole new context to what people are writing. And I, I like to read and I like to read, talk to the author. I like to read their stuff. And then I like to listen to their audiobook. And I got to say, yeah. it just, it adds such a deeper level depending on who they had do it. And I've just gotten yeah. really lucky lately with great narrators and actors and just producers. And it's, it's been very enjoyable. <laughs> My audible That's, experience so is way great. more enjoyable now. So yeah. yeah. Well, and like, and, yeah. and with audiobooks, just like anything, Oh gosh, like any form of art or anything that's performative at all, um, we're all going to lean toward, we're all going to have like uh, things that we like and things that we don't like because of like a thousand <laughs> things that have happened in our life. We're going to be, oh no, I really don't like it when, you know, uh, narrators have th- this kind of thing going on, or I really don't like it yeah, when they yeah. do this. Or, and we're going to like listen for a little while. And the thing I always say to people is, um, Try to at least get through the first chapter of any audiobook you're listening to because we also entrain two people. So I, I I make the example of, you know, when you meet somebody and there's some people you fall in love with right away. You're like, oh, my God, we're going to be friends. I love you so much. <laughs> like we are old souls. I know you somehow. I don't know why. But everything in my body says, yes, you I like you are going to be a friend. Yes. And sometimes that's a positive outcome and sometimes that's a negative outcome, but such is life. And then other times you meet somebody and you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure. And then you meet them again and then you meet them again. And by that third meeting, you're like, oh, oh, I get you. Or, oh, you take a little while to open up just like books do. Like there are some books that do not open strong purposefully. True. Yeah. Right. Like how long does it take the turtle to get across the road? Right. Grapes are like it just there are certain books (laughs) that just speaking speaking of a book. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I did. I will admit I I ended up Cole's noting that in high school because I could not get through that bloody chapter. Um, So it's just that. And that's the way we are. And we sometimes we take longer to warm and sometimes not and then if you don't like the way somebody is it's performance it's art put it down pick up pick up the book instead or do something else but like i i love for me 
it's one of the only ways I have time to consume story. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. even if like the narrator isn't my absolute favorite type of narrator, I'll still listen to it because of exactly what you said, the nuance that is available. Um, There's something about oral story storytelling. It's I'm not plot consuming. So I'm not like putting it up to a, a very high speed. I re and, and that being said, I don't have neural diversities that need that because there are some neural diversities that need people to listen yeah, to yeah. the audio yeah, totally. faster. And that's all good. We we do not record it at that speed because the brain and mouth will not work that way. And emotion takes time. But I love listening to it one for one because I love the nuance that's available when you're sitting around the campfire and hearing a story. And that's, that's, yeah, I agree. It really, it can really lift it even more than when I'm reading and I'm world building. Like I'm hearing voices in my head when I read, but there's something about um, oral storytelling. Yeah, yeah. What's well, like Patricia Briggs? I once I discovered Moon Called. I think I finished me, and I was busy too. Like the night that I started reading, <laughs> I was like, I didn't have enough time. I yeah. I got done with work at like ten. I was up to like one thirty. I think when I had to work oh, the next wow. day. Um, yeah, like I mean, I like I fifty three pages, sixty pages, and then the next day and a half I consumed, and I I just love her. She's so free flowing and. I just was not anticipating like loving her audiobooks as much as the books. And the the narrator she got was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just just absolutely phenomenal. And I I loved it. And I haven't listened to her secondary series uh in the same Mercy Thompson world, Alpha and Omega yet, but I want to. Um, but I just yeah, just absolutely amazing. Um, there's some of my favorite books to read and then to listen to like usually I wait till I'm on like a like like a plane or something like that because yeah 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 nowadays ever since my thyroid problem I don't do well on planes so but listening to that narrator calms me down very very well and I'll just sit there and listen and I'm used to the story because I've read the story a couple times you know and I listen to the audio a couple times so I'll listen to it over and over again but that that lady just calms me down (laughs) like Mm, and I I can just focus and it's really a great experience. So I'd recommend if anybody hasn't listened to her books yet to, you know, to check out uh, her audiobooks. They're really, really good. But That's yeah, awesome. it's, uh, I think what it's interesting too, like, you know, what you were saying, like, there are some people who are just like, oh yeah. And that's like, um, there was a couple of narrators where I'm like, yeah, it, like, I don't even care what you narrate. You know, it could be like the most boring book of all time, not even like a real book, like a reference yeah. book. And I would just listen, Something you know, about them. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I love that. Yeah, there's just some people yeah. like Morgan Freeman. I don't care what Morgan Freeman can narrate the most boring parts of my life. Right. And they will sound magnifique. And um, I have a kid here actually, where I'm like, why are you not doing audio narrations? I'm like, yeah. you have, my old teacher used to say that drama teacher, like, you have a radio voice. I'm like, okay, whatever. And it's funny. Like he passed away a few years ago, but it's funny. Now I do this. So I'm, yeah. I'm thinking he's up there, like laughing at me, you know? Yeah. Going, ha ha. Um, told you so. Yeah. Told you so. <laughs> um, so it's so funny, but um, yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's just interesting where there are just some people with their voice. Like there was a girl um that was I didn't teach her but she was a student at a school I taught at and oh my god the first time she opened her mouth to sing like if I were a boy by destiny or whatever um Beyonce she's ruined music for me 
like ruin music wow. for me. And I feel that's how some people are audio narrating, you know, like this do such a great job conveying, you know, just so much. And I've talked to a couple authors about this too, you know, their audio books and a couple of recent were like, yeah, like, you know, um, the person did just such a good job of, it just blew their minds, you know? Yeah. So I think it's cool when you can blow an author's mind, you know, yeah. and really deepen the story from, you know, just what you guys are able to do with the, uh, just a text, you know, or yeah. some sort of indication. So I think yeah. some people like me, like I, I write it almost like a script, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause that's what yeah. I usually, that's what I originally did was a script, you know? And then um, used to write scripts. So I just, I think that sometimes I still think of it like that, you know, and then I can't wait. I can't wait to do, you know, my own, own audiobooks one day. Cause I think it'll be cool to hear people deepen stuff for me too, that I wrote, yep. if that makes sense, you know, and totally. I've, I've talked to a That's lot of authors thing. that have said it's that. It's so, so fascinating. Like I, I love that. Yeah. I, it's part of what I love about the direction that audiobooks has gone. There's a, other things that are a bit rougher to take, but I, one of the things I love is that I get much more um author interaction now and like I just did a nine book series, a fantasy series, urban fantasy series for a woman uh, who actually lives in the same region in me as me. And oh, the books cool. actually take place two blocks from my house, which is really, really cool. Um, cool. So I see the, the locations that are in the book all the time. And they will now, now forever yep. be me being Jade, being chased by the vampire who slams me up against the stanchion of the bridge. And I, and I don't even know my power yet. And like, I'm able to protect myself and they're very fascinated. Cool. And I'm like, I cross that bridge a lot. <laughs> like I, yeah, bike, yeah, yeah. I bike past that exact stanchion so often and I get to be Jade for a moment and, and kind of feel into that space, which is so, so cool. And she, she just finished the series uh, the other day. Uh, the other day, listening to it, and she posted herself bawling on the on the small end of weeping because she had actually had to stop the book and have a complete weep fest. And then she came on to do a post of "This is me crying, listening to my own damn book," because this this narrator is destroying me. And I was like. I had to speak. <laughs> I, I just blamed her right back. I was like, do you know how long it took me to record that book? Because I was a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because it is, it's like, especially the culmination of a series when the big emotional stuff is really oh, coming totally. out. And especially that the, it's usually the softer emotional stuff as opposed to the harder emotional stuff by the, that point in a series. It's the like deep, squishy, soft spaces and, um, that's a that's a place that I like to hang out and <laughs> and <laughs> it was it it was so inter it's always so interesting to me when authors either say I it was so weird I it was like it was somebody else's book I was listening to even though yeah, they know yeah. it really well but as a compliment not as a as a yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Did you, what did you do with my book um <laughs> and oh and or to have an author crying at like this is a book she has spent years on. This is a series yeah. she started writing a decade ago. It was released a decade ago, and then she finished up the series in the last few years. So, it's just it's fascinating to me that we get to work together as artists that way, and feed yeah. back into the loop of the story that way. Like because that's, I mean, it's I believe the fundamentals of this work of sharing story in any capacity is to build compassion and empathy in our world. Um, yeah, and yeah. that can, and that, you know, through story journal journey, uh, journeys. Um, and so the fact that that actually occurred 
to the person who wrote the book <laughs> is it's a testament also to her writing because I don't yeah, have yeah. anything to work with unless I have the writing right so yeah everything I'm doing that's just your writing it just is it's just diff coming to you from a different place maybe or yeah it's yeah. fascinating I love that about what we do what yeah. is interesting because I always think it's because I was just talking to author about this the other day because they had she had listened to her audiobook and for the first time and um you know and I just happened to see it so I was like oh let's just talk privately so I like you know I was chatting around Twitter or whatever um or Instagram forget and I was like yeah like you know because like I have my artists like Caleb uh Gosens um you know I'll send him something and he just does like this amazing job you know bringing what I have in my head to life, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Her and I discussed that, but she's like, it's just so different. And I'm like, and I, you know, and she was talking about different nuances with it. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Um, you know, and I just, it's, I think it's different when you can see something, you know, like on a screen or, you know, mm, like paper mm. or the book versus somebody actually bringing characters to life through emotion, you know? And, yeah um the one series I love listening to is like Jim Butcher and the last I think my book seven oh my god or book six book six I think it was uh like two books ago what I was reading and I like I was crushed by the narrator I had just read the book and then I had you know listen I it was like I was like bam three weeks I, I I was like ready to go I was like I need to listen to this again and both book six and seven for like the Harry Dresden files like the the audio narrator like he crushed me, like mm -hmm. crushed me. I, I, I have not been able to go to the next book to read it because I'm still, and this is like, probably like before my son was born, like right before, I think it was the, right, the series I was, yeah, I was listening on audio right before. And I, I still haven't been able to go back and read the book. Cause I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to come back from yeah. the feelings that he made me feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to go yeah. back soon because I want to, you know, like get caught up in the series and stuff. But I was just like, oh, my God. Like there was one point I was in my car and I had gotten done right before the end of the book when something happens. And I was just like so emotionally damaged. Yeah. I just sat there for like 15 minutes. because I, I don't know what I was doing. I just I just I was like, I, I can't handle the outside world right now, you know. Yes. And I was like, that's 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 powerful, you know. Yeah. And I was like, that is I was like, that's why I like audiobooks. People ask me, like, why do you do it this way? I'm like, I do it this way because, you know, I I, I was like, I like to get wrecked by emotion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, certain books. Um, yeah. but you know, it's just it was just um, yeah, it was very, very it was an interesting experience because I think that was I've had other books that I've really enjoyed, you know, and stuff, but that one like ruined me. <laughs> like, yeah, like ruined me. Um, where now it's yeah, it's been close to a year actually. It was like last December. Um, I remember it was like right before Christmas break. So it was like December 17th or 18th, something mm -hmm. like that. And yeah, I still haven't gone back. So <laughs> I'll go back yeah, soon. Ready. But you're I ready. just think it's powerful. Yeah, like, but it's yeah. like it's powerful, you know, to to ruin a grown man's emotions for a year just by yeah. your words, you know. Right. Um, I, I think and about I like the Monty Python skit, you know, like <laughs> your mother's a yeah. hamster, like that kind of thing. You ruined uh, yeah, me. It's just, yeah. yeah, you ruined I think me. It's it's the, you know, I think it's the elements of the muse, you know, like um, mm. different people, you know, talk about how mm, some people, you know, believe in the muse, don't believe in the muse. I deeply believe in the muse. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, because it's like that could a, be a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like an yeah, yeah. entire download, right? Of uh, that's um, 
whether it's parts of your brain that are coming together in a magical moment and they finally like come to fruition and create this like download of uh, story information image and otherwise, or if it is indeed coming on the wind and we live in some crazy string theory world and we don't know, right? So whatever yeah, the yeah, yeah. muse is, whatever the muse is yeah. um, in any way that I, I kind of wonder, because I think of the muse like coming through uh, an author or writer and and that, that writing down and writing down and then like, uh, of course, all the edits and everything, but that's just one element of the muse. It's that muse going hook onto the page, but then there's the next element of it then transferring right onto the next person and i think and i wonder if you know since we're we're in in fantasy and sci-fi lover land i wonder if there is also essentially a being of the muse or an aspect of the muse that is also auditory like that it that part of what you're feeling mm -hmm. and why we both are so attracted to um, having, I love reading, I love reading, and I love listening to story. So I wonder also if there's an element of the muse that it's like next placement into the ether again is to be made oral, like to be aud audible um, in some way that it's like it, it, it comes in, it gets laid down, and then it's meant to lift off again into like a a human to human connection because there's no you're getting nothing visual right when i'm reading you an yeah. audiobook or when i'm i'm living an audiobook with you um but we just decide together to be on that journey you know that we decide in that same way as when you're reading you kind of like can some people will place themselves inside the protagonist and some people will watch the protagonist same thing as in dreams and i feel like yeah. in audio it's very similar where i can either like I can either be really close to you and watching you the whole time, or I can be with you when I'm listening. Um, and I wonder if that's just, it's like another element of that same muse. It hasn't, it hasn't like had its full, its full way into the world yet. It needs, yeah, it needs yeah, to yeah. come into audio too. Yeah. Cause I feel that same thing. I've been destroyed, just destroyed by, by audiobooks where I, I'm walking down the street and I'm either laughing out loud, weeping. <laughs> I I always love the looks people give me when I'm listening to something. I'm just like laughing. <laughs> My wife will come in sometimes and be like, "Oh, listen to audiobook or did the kid do something?" I was like, "Oh, listen to this audiobook." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is an interesting concept though because I had a friend. Oh my gosh, he took he had the idea from Brendan Fraser did the movie based off the book Ink Spell, where like mm. all the characters are real from a different world and the author was like writing them or then they became real anyways so he had an idea he's like what if all the stories that people tell like are actually real and mm -hmm. you're just getting them from you know from the next like you're just over. telling them yeah 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 oh, and it I was like that. so yeah and i don't I know if he ever that. ended up finishing because he stopped i have to track down the author but he stopped like He's like, I'm done with Facebook. I'm like, okay. Uh, now I do a podcast, so it's kind of ironic, but uh, I'll have to track him down but and see if he ended up finishing. But he was in a writer's group I was in on Discord, and I was like, that is such an interesting. And I, I've never been able to let go of that idea. Um, and it's just such a cool cultural diffused idea, you know? And yeah, I I just, I, I think back to like Conan, and I, I loved the story of Conan mm -hmm. the Barbarian and Robert E. Howard. It was in Dark Horse Comics, and it goes to what you're saying, and like, it was just so interesting. I love this story where Cone, like Robert E. Howard's friends would, uh, his buddy would come out to the farm uh, where he was living and um, 
he would sometimes watch it while Robbie Howard was, you know, like doing his writing sessions. And he would watch him and he said he would like perk his ears and kind of turn his head. And it was almost that he was listening to Conan telling the stories. And one of the coolest reasons that the stories are not that are episodic and not in order is because it's like he said that it was almost like he asked him one day, it's like, oh, Conan sometimes just tells me random tales and I write them down. You know, it's like a friend saying, oh, remember this time, you know, and God, that just stuck with me. And it it just was. And then my friend said that I was like, that's interesting. And I don't know, like sometimes, you know, I'll try to write something and I wonder like if it's just this natural thing with writer's block or something i used to get writer's Mm. block and now i don't because i'll I'll move on to something else and it's almost like i'm having a conversation with you and you're my character maybe i go to this character and maybe you just don't want to talk today you know or something so now i go to which ones talk to me and it's funny that you say that because i just think of that now and that's how i have been pushing forward with a lot of different things you know all at the same time is because sometimes and i've talked to a lot of authors like sometimes they're just not talking to me you know they're like i have to go talk to these other characters so I don't know. I I definitely believe in the muse. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I definitely. And like have to just open, like get vulnerable, open, soften. Like when our life gets hard and we get hard. And if we, I mean, so many artists deal with mental health stuff, right? And like when we go into our depressions and our dark spaces and fall down to the bottom of the rabbit hole, as opposed to dancing around the edges. And like, sometimes there's a lot to be uh, written out of the, and you can write yourself out of the bottom of the hole, but also like, and that, that fear that artists have sometimes about being healthy, like, oh, when I'm healthy, I'm not going to have anything to write. And the, and I, mm. I'm not a big believer in that only because um, I think that you just start to brighten into the life you are currently living as opposed yeah, yeah. to opening and softening into the others. Like you don't have to be at the bottom to write your way out. You can also be joyful and full and thriving and still be writing if you continue to keep that veil thin, if you continue to do the like self-work, the magical work, the intuitive work of keeping the way that you are interacting in this thriving, joyful, otherwise world at that time in your life that you're able to to play with within the veil to keep, let things yeah, not yeah. be set and hard. Because when I get hard or when I get numb, that's when I got nothing, right? Like as an artist. And so, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, how do I continue to have practices and ways and groups? And like you said, like, what am I listening to? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm forcing one thing and I need to just write something completely different, like leave that book and just, just go and look at a leaf and write about the leaf or like go and do this or find, write about just an utterly completely different genre or something just to get to to start listening again because i think that sometimes we stop we stop actually too sometimes they're not talking to us and sometimes we've got some guards up and yeah 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 yeah, so it's it's interesting it's really interesting to me like how we how we play into the spaces especially when we're stuck no it's totally true one of the authors for sfp sbfbo recently like had one of them had went on and I, I laughed so hard at the tweet they're like is anybody else really concerned that they just talk to their characters all the time and then <laughs> sometimes they're sometimes the people that they made up stop talking to them yeah <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I'm like that is so true but you know and I I it was just so true and I'm like oh my god I was like and they were like are we okay and I was like I don't think we are but we're fine you know well, as long as you feel okay you know 
but um yeah, yeah it was just interesting you know and it, it is like creatively you know I had friends that you know had I've been friends with actors for a long time um mm-hmm. and I, I worked on a couple of very small like just two small movies like just like indie film things and um but it was so interesting to still know people from certain act communities in Michigan you know and I had a couple of friends that were like kind of the same way as authors that I know were like I have to be depressed to play a depressed yeah. person or yeah. whatever and I'm like dude that's tough that's not you know I'm like yeah I'm like it's not and I'm like I can't write that way I guess like I mm-hmm. when I'm feeling something like that I actually take a break yeah. um and I'll do something yeah. I'll do I'll read I'll, I'll read and that's where I was like really struggling um at a time where you know I was reading Jim Butcher and like seeing Harry overcome made me be like okay I think yeah. that's where that audio narrator hit me so hard you know like my son yeah. was on his way and like it was great but like part of me was kind of like ooh, like how am I gonna yeah. you know do all these things you know that make me and right. I want to show so. him you know what I mean I want I'm like I don't want my identity to be compromised I've seen so many parents do that I'm like I want him to be like oh I go with my dad to comic-con I <laughs> do podcasts with my dad you know or whatever you know uh, I read or write with my dad or you know or whatever you know um and people I've seen have been healthier and have a healthy relationship with their kids like invite their kids into their lives but you know at one time I was like really worried I was like am I gonna be able to do this and it's been tough you know uh, yeah, particularly oh, yeah. writing my, my wife she even says she'll be like oh gee you're writing in today you know, I, I'm only really focused on 15 minutes a day right now, but when he good sleeps, my phone's in my hand. Yeah. And, you know, she's been really good about helping me to keep the time because to keep Great my sanity, time. I have to keep going. Yeah. Right. Otherwise I, I get, you know, I get worse than Harry uh, at mm-hmm. times, you know, because that's just, I don't know if it's the muse or just how I get things out or whatever. Um, well, but, and I feel yeah, like, it's, like different know. characters and different plots and things like that. What we're doing fundamentally is we're exercising some beast that lays within too, right? Ooh, of that's like, a great way to put it. Yeah. So, so like if you're not at the place where you can face that aspect of yourself, like I think of that with acting, like the the given circumstances of the characters are very different than the given circumstances of my life. Like I might be playing a 13 year old kid, or I might be playing a 25 year old woman who, like has huge is part dragon and part witch and like doesn't even know her dragon half and like all these aspects of her so all i'm my fundamental job is to pull from the parts of myself that i that i can understand with her like her given circumstances are different than mine but i know sadness i know anger i know jealousy i know love i know so these are like i've lived those those things so yeah. i have to pull from within but when i fail at that or when i'm getting stuck it's because i'm not willing to go there i'm not mm-hmm. at a place of health that allows for this full spectrum of feeling right cuz i i feel like when we're in those places we are just like actually not being able to fundamentally uh, find a full spectrum of feeling um because we can't handle that particular beast and so sometimes i'm always curious that it's like the block is actually coming from the fact that you are not at a place where you are ready yet to actually expunge or to like uh rotor root that part of yourself yeah you know so 
I'm always fat. That's why I say like having all those practices in place that keep you, keep you opening in and opening in. And, and because I think sometimes the block is exactly that it's actually an internal, um, not ready, not having the capacity, yeah. the ability or otherwise to exercise that particular beast. I, I think that's entirely true. Like, so like, it, like my son, when he was born and some people from this community know, like he was, he had a rough start, like rough start. Um, and you know, like I was at the point in the hospital where like when he first came out, he wasn't moving and like, yeah. I, I was really convinced he wasn't going to make it. And I didn't think that he was even at heartbeat. And they're like, oh yeah, they're like doing stuff. They did like the doctor saved his life, saved his quality of life. Like they'll get a Christmas card really soon. You know, yeah. birthday card every year. Like I told the guy, I was like, I cannot thank you enough for, you know, it's like, that's my job. I'm like, <laughs> you came in at a time where like you were pretty tired and everybody else, some people might've been like, I'm going to go home. So I don't have to be here. Uh, and I was like, uh, we appreciate it, you know? And it was awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, it was like, I didn't get anything done for people like, Oh, why, why are you behind on production? I'm like, Oh, they all oh, had a baby. I'm like, now that I have a baby, I'm like, we were in NICU and you know, then afterward, you know, then you're trying to do everything. And my wife didn't have a great time either physically no. or any other thing, you know? And like so many, 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 many people who bear children. Right. Like, yeah. Like so I many people, it's like, what you think the oh. baby's out and it gets easier. Hell no. <laughs> like I just I couldn't believe I couldn't believe some people I was like and yeah so but like you know it was at a time you know where you know we're asking me like are you gonna do this you just I was like I just don't think I can like I I didn't get anything I didn't write anything for probably four months and yep. some of my friends were worried they're like oh you write every day and I was like I just wasn't Not ready right you Not know right yeah Not right and then now, now so interesting because and this is where I you know I tell my students the same thing my athletes I'm like you gotta have those failures or those losses or just whatever in order to you know really feel your successes or the yeah. good days you know you have to have the bad days and it has like elevated not that I would wish something bad on my family or myself but like it's just crazy like it's elevated my emotional ability to write different mm. scenes and different things you know mm. um and mm. yeah and it's like my friend recently was like dude <laughs> I'm like what is it not good he was like I don't know what happened to you and I was like oh I lost it you know and he's like no he's like this is just totally different um because like you know being able to I think funnel certain emotions with the yeah. muse you know instead of keeping it you know when I was ready you know instead of keeping it in I put it on paper and yeah. you know I wasn't I felt really helpless at times particularly yeah. you know in NICU and um you know being able to in a fantasy world particularly you know being able to have characters that feel that way but have the yeah. ability to change things you yes. know like you know what I mean like yeah work um, it work it through that yeah. is the journey I think yeah. that's why there's yep. so many like I don't know about you but you know like in my lifetime of being with story I I really feel there are not that many stories. I forget what philosopher said. There's like seven stories that are being rewritten. Yeah, yep, 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 Given yep. different given circumstances. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I absolutely in a thousand percent agree with that and have seen that. Yeah. Like yeah. hundred. I mean, I've 
narrated over 450 books. That means I've read them twice. I've worked on at least another four to 500, like when I was at recorded books, uh, plus all of my personal reading and personal listening. That's like, you know, really a lot of story consumption and all the theater work, and, you know, all this stuff. And I, what I see time and again is like, there are not that many fundamental basic, basic, basic bare bones story structure things that are shifting. Yeah. The given yeah. circumstances are shifting greatly. Absolutely. But so there is something that we are working through. There is something that we are exploring, right? We're, we're taking it from different angles and we're trying to come to it. And like the, the themes of hopelessness, like that is one of the, one of the biggest, most important themes that come up in books, right? It's like, the dark yeah, night of the yeah. soul. Like, I'm sorry, Joseph Campbell yeah. had, had it really right. Like the hero's journey is real. Um, and yeah. it doesn't mean that it has to be obvious or that we're always, um, we oh, like, it, it doesn't mean it's going to be predictive. But the elements, they are there because that is what we feel. We understand that we yeah. live in chaos. And the only thing we can have control over is how we react to things. And even that is only, <laughs> depending on how much self-work no, you're true. doing, <laughs> only yeah. so much in your control, right? So yep. it's really, it, it's it's why I think so many like grief writing and things like that become so important for people. Um, and like within the time frame of the trauma or of the big life thing that is going on, a lot of people don't do their art. Like I, I purposefully yeah, yeah. was like, I cannot be on stage when my husband was going through his treatment, when he, pa after he passed, there was no freaking way that I could, I couldn't access that vulnerability because I didn't even know who oh, I was yeah. anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. like it, it's so, and then there was a point where I was like, okay, now, now I can, now I can open in now I can. And I was writing like during that, not, well, not during him being sick and treatment because that was the really brutal brass tacks time of like it's the nickname yeah, yeah. time right yeah. and that but after he passed i would i would write once in a while and it was just like uh it was like a barfing of of onto the page but any sort of structural anything and acting in front of people i was doing audiobooks but i was even then i was like I would barely talk to anyone. I total stranger danger. So the, my interaction oh, yeah, yeah. wasn't there because of a hopelessness, because of those those types of emotion that hold us back from connection. And yeah. writing is connection. It's connection with the muse yeah, and it's yeah, connection yeah. with self and it's connection with your reader. Acting's got very similar aspects to it. Oh, and totally. So yeah, yeah. I Yeah. So it's fascinating to me, like all of the aspects that come into when block occurs and how the shame and the fear end up being the things that shine the brightest and like what are the different ways that we can change that ideology yeah. into saying oh okay here is a time where i listen here is a time where i change course i soften i do my own work to to get yeah. back into my writing because yeah I don't, it's not art isn't always accessible so no and I, I i think you made a point too where you know i think that's why audiobooks uh and audio dramas too you mm. know are on the it's rise great. again going back to what we said earlier yeah i got some good ones on my feed right now i have to go back mm -hmm. to them but uh you know it's just that 
I think again, you know, you when you're talking, you know, like I've had friends too where, you know, they just, you know, same situation, you know, where they just couldn't access the vulnerability. No and, yeah. you know, and I've had friends that literally have told me I have writer's block, but I have actor's block, you yeah. know, and yeah. or they couldn't connect with a character or at that time or, you know, something, you know, and oh, oh man, I never, you know, really considered it until a couple of years ago talking to a, an actor friend of mine and I was like, oh, this is, you know, it is the same thing, you know, because you're tapping the same type of pool of emotions, you know, and, yes. you know, somebody's verbally saying or displaying, you know, the emotions or the trauma or the victories or whatever. But then, you know, writers are just writing them down, you know, not just, but, you know, yeah, your finding body's the still words feeling it, though, like, your yeah, body it's the same, same pool. You, yeah. Otherwise, your writing will suck. Like if you're if your yep. heart is not racing, if you don't have a tear coming down your eye when you've written a book, like throw that book out, start again, <laughs> because <laughs> because like your body, right? Like you you if you're not going through it to some degree, that's the whole point of getting it onto the page. Like it's got to get onto the page because the body cannot hold it, right? Yep. I I feel so bad for. I I said my my. I have this one book, A Thief's Ambition. I'm like, I feel so bad for the characters. Like, it's definitely a redemption arc. I have mm -hmm. a few of them in a trilogy, mm -hmm. I have to say. But like, man, like, I, I think I haven't gone back to it recently because it's just so hard to, yeah. you know, to... I'm, I'm, I'm there for other things. I'm writing like light, fun fantasy and urban fantasy or, you. you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? I just, but yeah. this is like a dragged out, super emotional like mm -hmm. people are going to be so upset with me after book one and then yeah. you know by book three if they can make it through all three i said to my friends if you can make it through book three like i can see a lot of people dnfing pretty close yeah. to the end of book one yeah. being upset yeah. with me and then if you can make it to book three though i feel truly that it'll be one of the like you'll feel just so good but like i feel like i have to bring you so low you know in order to come back up and i yeah. just feel like i haven't quite gotten back to there yet and um, yeah. i was talking to a friend of mine the other day about that but yeah they're but hard we, places we, you know, to hang out they that's really hard, are <laughs> that's a hard place to hang out i've i've yeah. been doing an uh urban fantasy series uh for lisa edmonds for um gosh like not eight eight years now i think oh, wow. and the fundamental aspect that of that book, like what I feel it's, it really is, it's an urban fan, urban romance fantasy. So um, Felicity Monroe, which is my pseudonym for just all romance, just as genre work um, uh, is, does those. And, and it, it is exploring recovery from extreme early childhood trauma. That is really what's being explored. Like, yeah, it's an urban fantasy romance. However, it is eight like nine years and eight books of being with a, somebody who is evolving into their healing, which means they're going to get a rotor rooting. And that is a hard place to hang out. And I know that yeah. she, the, the author, Lisa Edmonds, she like, she suffers from that because it's like she, there are times when it's hard for her to write those books because that oh, is yeah. a lot to unpack, right? And she's yeah. doing it gorgeously. I think it's such an incredibly healthy, important exploration. But there has been the end of some books where I have called, like, sent her a message crying and just saying, oh, I know I can feel where you're going to go in the next book, but I 
God, I have to wait a year. Oh yeah. <laughs> you wait a year. <laughs> <laughs> I like, didn't think about that. That would uh, kill me for uh, certain books. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think. Ooh, I never, I never thought of that. Yeah, that'd be really hard. I had one where, like, so it, I think important. it was like the back-to-back book. I, I, my first book, I cried at, and then the, then the next one, I mean, it was like it was R.A. Salvatore. I think it was. Oh my god, like, um, oh, the Orc King, or I don't know. Oh, the some, I don't know. It was the one before Gone Hedrum, and he just he changed characters and stuff that I had literally grown up with and I considered like close personal friends yeah and just shattered my world and I was like oh my God. after the first book uh that he did it to me and then he did the next one even worse and I was just like oh my god like yeah uh, and I, I can only imagine getting narration <laughs> having yeah. to wait because I didn't have to wait a year I had waited because I was tired of that so I had you know, and now I'm kind of waiting till it gets a little further because I'll just blow through them. Uh, but I yeah. can't imagine being the narrator having to wait a whole year. Wait a whole year. That's why I was so happy to do that other series where I did all nine oh, in one year, like Megan yeah, Santa yeah, yeah. Uh, series. And it was like, I was so happy to actually get all nine done in a year because I didn't have to wait because she did yeah, the same yeah, yeah. thing. I Same thing. I would leave her nasty messages <laughs> saying... <laughs> saying oh god i'm gonna start reading the other one right now even though i haven't even recorded this one because i can't not know like i have to know if this is going to be a growth time or if she's going to recover or like what who's coming back who made it who didn't make it like i need to know especially you know because so many um fantasy and sci-fi books have battle in them right like have yeah 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 i did um I did the vet, the end of the Vesic series by Eric Asher, and he, it was same. Mm. It was oh, like, yeah. that was battle was happening in every book, man. Like by the time I got to that series, it was battle, 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 and you never knew who was going to make it out of any book. And yeah, each yeah. book was coming from different perspectives, so you didn't even know the full story of what had happened to somebody. They just disappeared in this book, and in the next book, it's their perspective, and you don't know if they're going to make it out of that book. Like, I it's so I that's one of the things I love so much about fantasy is that the worlds are so big and the circumstances are so heightened um that you 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 true and there's there's factions often and so you kind of don't know who's going to make it um in yeah, so many yeah. of those books yeah No oh, yeah it's interesting I just talked to author the other day and he was I think it was Lee Conley he's like I went through a couple of his reviews for his first book and people were like this guy is like uh like george r, r. martin on steroids <laughs> and i was like i thought that was like, so interesting so i shared that with him last or two weeks you want to interview him. it was so That's funny awesome. he's like i take that as a compliment so yeah exactly was, you're doing your like, job well yeah but like you like never he goes don't like anybody in the second or third book and like my yep. friend was like reading the second book and i'm actually on his first book right now still uh, ritual of the dead but my friends read the second book goes my favorite character dies on like page two <laughs> he was like yeah or something like you know something crazy he was like and it, he goes i thought that he was gonna make it through all three books <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah Lee went into my group on my podcast group on facebook he's like don't don't assume <laughs> or something <laughs> i laughed so hard but uh, but that's what he was like just talking about in our interview he's like i want to convey that this is a situation 
with these zombie-like creatures that, you know, particularly book two that, you know, now there's all these heightened, not necessarily heightened risks, but like they were always like that, you know, like you just don't know if you're going to go down, you know, with your wagon and your family and there's going to be like an army of undead or you're going to run yeah. into another group who's, you know, coming in and, you know, and I, I said to him, I was like, it kind of just feels like old school you know, like an old school world, you know, and he's like, that's yeah. what I wanted, you know, we're just, you know, the, the tomorrow's not guaranteed for you or anybody, you know, and I think that, you know, we talked about some different themes of that. So I, I think that when you can, you know, convey that it's, it's really good, but I, I, I don't think special. I can do it. <laughs> I could feel like, yeah. send me your thoughts now. <laughs> I don't care what you're thinking. Like, Give me a list of who survives and who dies. Right. Yeah, that's when you when you get your beta reader uh, stuff back and people are cussing you out. You're like, you're welcome. I will be printing yeah, yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> if I were our narrator, I'd be like, I am narrating your next book in Elmo. Okay, only Elmo voice. You've and you're got not going to know me. at what point in the book it's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. That's going to be funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we're kind of wrapping up on time. So I just wanted to make sure that we had time to, um, you know, talk about some of the, you know, products and things like that, um, you know, and especially where people, you know, can find your work. Uh, I wanted mm. to make sure we didn't skip that last question there. Um, yeah. We can always go back to some of these other ones. We I know we totally we killed that list. <laughs> speaking, of the, speaking of the muse, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I never want to, somebody and I were talking like two weeks ago and we just got going on something and, um, I was like, oh, it was H.C. Newell and I. And she's like, oh, do you want to circle back? I'm like, no, this is like good stuff. You know, it was like something yeah. that, you know, a couple of things that people needed to know. And, you know, it was really interesting to us. And we got to a couple of questions at the end. But I was like, I don't really care. I said, I just use them as a guide. But yeah, you know, sometimes you just get something going. And I'm like, I'm never going to never going to ruin it. I'm a teacher. So yeah. when you get the magic in the classroom, you just go with it. You know, exactly. You know, you, you, exactly. The lesson can wait till tomorrow as long as, you know, the purpose is there. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to make sure, you know, that you told the audience, you know, where we can find, you know, your work, your past projects, uh, your socials, things like that. You know, obviously people that have been here before know that, you know, anything you give me, we'll put in the description. But I just want to make sure, you know, I had a little bit of time to share those with people. So, yeah, absolutely. So as a rights holder author, you can get a hold of me through my website, which is Aaron Moon Actor, or you can also use Aaron Moon VO. I own a bunch of different ones that I'll go to the same place, dot com. Um, so Aaron, E-R-I-N, last name Moon, like the orb in the sky. And yes, I was born with that name. Um, <laughs> VO.com is probably the easiest one to remember. And also for narrators who are looking for coaching or authors who are doing memoir particularly is where most um, listening audiences are more willing to accept author reads um, because they do differ from actor reads. Um, so also working, I work with uh, authors on memoir kind of stuff as well. Um, oh, cool. Or just like if you have questions and I can at least direct you in the right place the website's usually the easiest as far as my work goes I narrate under the two names as I mentioned um in general you don't speak about an uh narrator's pseudonym but I am open about my pseudonym because it's just genre work anything that's under the romance genre it goes under Felicity Monroe because it's got a particular um people will seek out romance based work and even when the romance is closed door or sweet romance it still goes under Felicity everything to the door wide open <laughs> um mm. work and I've done a lot of fantasy um particularly and some like short uh, kind of novella and fun stuff uh sci-fi um 
under Felicity Monroe and then Erin Moon. So as long as you go into like if you're on Libro.fm or audiobooks.com or audible.com, as long as you type in my name, Erin Moon or Felicity Monroe, and Monroe is M-U-N-R-O-E. Um, because I did indeed spell it wrong when I chose it. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I read for a living and I still can't spell, folks. Yay. Um, so those are the two names that you can search for and search the the stuff that I did. Um, and just a couple, just because I did mention them, uh, Eric Asher, I did the Vesic, the latter part of the Vesic series. Um, and then I also mentioned Megan Sienna Deutsch. She did, it's the Dowser series. And then I mentioned Lisa Edmonds and that's under Felicity Monroe. And that is the Alice Worth series, just because I did mention oh, cool. their work. So I want no, to honor appreciate that. It. Yeah, yeah. I want to honor yeah, that I awesome. spoke of those, those authors. Yeah. And that actually goes into my next thing that I've really been trying to get people to remember, um, you know, on this podcast and on our socials and in our podcast group um, and, People are probably tired of me saying it right now, but I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, I just want to make sure that people are, you know, reviewing all and any products that you get, um, you know, whether it's indie or traditional, because, you know, people such as Aaron, you know, work on these things. Um, you know, you have producers, editors, us. you know. Yeah, like so, like, many people, one, <laughs> so many people, so many people, so many authors mistagging their narrators. Like it, it, I'm telling you, narrators want authors to do well. <laughs> because we work with authors like we work as remember we're like aunties and uncles right so um like really make sure to tag your narrators on every single post about that book that they have narrated like even early on if you're allowed to say who you cast like tag them in the cast post tag them in everything because yeah. guaranteed they will share it because we care yeah, yeah. like we love what we do we care about what we do and for me that you can find me on socials at at Mooney books, M-O-O-N-E-Y books, or at Felicity Monroe on all of the, all oh. the socials. Yeah. But well, it's yeah, funny because I just always see people, but I always see, don't, don't get me wrong. Like you, you should be sharing your artists, but it's just so funny to me that everybody forgets about their audio yeah. narrators and everybody else. I'm like, what yeah. about editors too? You know? Yeah. Um, oh my god. So many people, you know, get your that, editors work. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm literally, I was like, I don't get paid for this. I was like, I'm just trying to learn some things and meet some people. And, you know, yeah. I was like, if I can connect some people along the way, that's my podcast group. Eventually, I want it to be like really cool. Now we got people, you know, like Amy went in and was like, hey, I need some work for because I had a, a project fall through. So that was cool. I think, you know, I think we did, you know, we're able to find somebody. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. You know, for me, that's like awesome. Taking something that was in my head and all of a sudden now, you know, connecting people and, you know, yeah. getting more things out there and building the community, I think to me is, you know, has always been really important, but uh, yeah. So yeah. I think anytime you can just share some, I share things all the time. People are like, Oh, thank you. I'm like, don't have to thank me, but I appreciate it. But I'm like, you don't have to thank me. I'm like, yeah. just trying to, you know, getting somebody's book out there, get somebody's cover out there. that gets somebody's yeah. editor out there that gets a, hopefully them an audio book gets, you know, you and Amy yeah. or whoever in the community, you know, some work, you know, it's just. And we know people like, so that, contact so. us if you're like, I'm actually, I need a guy voice who comes from this cultural background. We know people like I've been in this industry for 18 years. Like I want to live from an abundance mindset. Dear God, I want to um, <laughs> always, always anchor into abundance because it is such a better place to live from than scarcity. Yeah, so I agree. like. Yeah yeah that open no, totally. and available to talk to people about stuff yeah yeah totally 
Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. I did just want to mention to our audience that uh, Aaron and Amy will be back with me with a third guest um, in just a little while, uh, a couple months from now, um, for one of our seminars. And we're actually going to be talking about a couple of different topics uh, involving their, you know, their works and, you know, audio narrations, um, you know, talking about, you know, audio narrator and, you know, author relationships. Uh, so just make sure that you guys take a look at our message boards and things. Uh, the new website actually is up. So it'll actually be in um, the description as well for the podcast that way you can actually go and get up to date knowledge on all of those dates uh, and those upcoming interviews. So just wanted to point that out before we get done. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. It was really thank fun you. talking last week. It was really fun talking today. I look forward to emailing and uh, talking to you and Amy and our other guests in the future. So uh, again, thank if there's anything so I can do at all, or you need something, you know, uh, you know, just feel free to, you know, also email me and uh, go in the podcast group and, you know, we can share whatever you need or any news updates, things like that. If there's anything I can do at all, just let me know. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone. for yeah, listening Not a problem. Too. Have a good rest of the day, Aaron. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.